You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. After a long morning gorging on fish, the otters, led by the adult female pink ear, haul out onto a fallen trunk to sunbathe, relax and digest all that fish. Like so much of giant otter life, this is done as a group, though after all that frenetic activity, it takes a while to completely switch off and settle down. and welcome back to the Varmints Podcast, where every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. I'm Paul, I'm your co-host, and I'm not an animal expert. I'm Donna, and I'm an animal nut. And this week we're talking about an animal that was suggested by our listener, Andrea. Otters! But first, the news. This is Varmin's Headline News with your anchorman, some guy named Paul. Thank you, Matthew. The headline, scientists are building an animal fart database. Do baboons fart? What about salamanders? What about millipedes? These questions sound like the sort of questions Bart Simpson might have asked to derail science class, but real-life scientists are now taking to Twitter to provide answers. So far, they've created a hashtag, does it fart? and a Google spreadsheet that you can download and refer to at home that details the flatulence habits of more than 60 animals. So which... (laughs) (laughs) So which animals cut the proverbial cheese? Tons, it turns out. Bats do, according to David Bennett, Mm -hmm. a PhD candidate at Queen Mary University of London. And the bigger they are, the harder they honk. Rats, zebras, and bearded dragons are also among those creatures that fart. Birds, on the other hand, do not seem to have a biological need for passing gas, but they could let one rip, theoretically. Marine invertebrates such as oysters, mussels, and crabs, well, they're fart-impaired. The science of farts is not just about potty humor, by the way. Cattle gas, for example, is a significant contributor to atmospheric methane that contributes to climate change. And we'll have a link to that article and a link to the spreadsheet that you can download and refer to at home on our show notes blazingcariboustudios.com slash otters. Yeah, did you get to did you yeah. get to look at the spreadsheet? No, I didn't get a chance. But when when uh, you looked at it, did you see which animals on there farted that you were interested in, I mean? Uh like I'd be interested to find out do do bees do it? Let me look. Bees are not listed. Oh, that's sad because you can't say birds do it. Bees do it. You've been educated, please. I, I don't think that song is talking about farts. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but wouldn't it be cool if it was, though? Here's my favorite entry. They have squirrels listed, and under does it fart, it says, hell yes. And in the <laughs> description and notes, it says it just says, squirrel-based farts are, in all caps, the worst. Oh, I'm not surprised, because squirrels are jerks. So everything they do is sort of nasty, so I'm not surprised that their farts are really bad. Okay, I've got this spreadsheet open now. 
I love the orangutan uh, entry. They do it often and have no shame. <laughs> <laughs> the otter is not listed on this spreadsheet, unfortunately, but we can learn other stuff about them. Let's do that right now. The kingdom of animals is fascinating. Now I'm going to tell you about their behavior and living pattern. So come on. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? This week we're talking about otters. Otters are carnivorous mammals in the subfamily Lutrinae. There are 13 otter species. All are semi-aquatic, aquatic, or marine. That, and I did not know that there was a difference between aquatic and marine. There is, and one of the big differences with the, with otters in particular is that they are the only marine animal that does not have blubber. The only marine mammal that doesn't have blubber. In fact, their fur is the only thing that's keeping them warm in the water, but it's really good at it. Their fur consists of two layers. They have an undercoat and longer guard hairs, and the system is so good at trapping a layer of air next to their skin that their skin doesn't even get wet. Wow. I know. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. It's so cool. So they're the smallest marine mammal. Um and uh, and yeah, they don't use blubber. No blubber. No blubber at all. I heard they have the thickest coat of fur of any animal, any mammal. Well, that would make sense because if it's got to be so thick that it keeps the water off your skin, that's pretty darn thick. Yeah. So. I heard um, a yeah. million hairs per square inch, and that just did not seem real. I know, but it's crazy real and crazy cool. <laughs> there must be tough to get your skin clean. <laughs> no, not really, I guess, because it never gets dirty. It never gets right? wet, so, yeah. Yeah, never gets dirty. Your skin never gets dirty. It's amazing. So they're part of the animal family, which includes badgers, honey badgers, martens, minks, polecats, weasels, and wolverines, which we did an episode about a little while ago. Mustelids. Mustelids, yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. They're found in North America, Africa, and Asia, and they their diets are basically fish and invertebrates. And South Africa or South America too. Oh, South America, right, right. Yeah. The biggest one is in South America. They have like a jumbo otter in South America. Otters have really good metabolisms, really fast metabolisms, and they have to eat up to fifteen percent of their body weight each day. A sixty-six pound sea otter will eat about ten pounds of food every day. And that means that there's a lot of otter poop. And otter poop is really important. Otters use their poop, which is also called spraint, to mark their territory and communicate with other otters. Otters like to keep things organized within their communities, and so they keep things clean, and they'll designate certain areas to be used as latrines. And then these latrines wind up being the social center for a lot of male otters. So when the males are together, they play and groom each other, and then before they drop a load... They do what researchers <laughs> describe as the poop dance. Nice. They set up video cameras near these latrines, and then the male otters will wave their... One will start. One male otter will start waving his butt around and then stepping from one hind foot to the other. Hang on for a minute. <laughs> Hang on. Oh, excuse me. That felt good. Now... It isn't really clear why the otters do that poop dance, but it does seem to have a domino effect. And if you yawned just now because I yawned, you know uh -huh. how a pooping otter feels. Is that, is they have the same effect? It has the huh? same it's effect. otter empathy. Yeah. Otter empathy yeah. is their poo dance. When one otter does a poop dance, it triggers other 
otters to do it, and it's like a little group of four or five otters that are all basically twerking. <laughs> do the do the ladies do it or just the boys? It looks like it's just the boys, but the ladies might do it too. Mm-hmm. But it seems like it's yeah. more it's more of a social behavior amongst male right. otters. Well, there you go. <laughs> no different than human men then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, human men like set their farts on fire and stuff. So. <laughs> I've never done that. I have not. I haven't done that yet. Does that actually work? It does. <laughs> oh. And uh, and there have been several young human males who have gotten their tuchuses injured <laughs> doing these kinds of things. <laughs> so we have something in common with the male otter. At least the you do. I mean, I. I, I, I I have two X chromosomes, so I don't have to engage in all that goofiness. <laughs> the sense of the poop can vary, the sprain, but they're often relatively pleasant uh, as far as poop goes. Experts describe the sprain as smelling like freshly mown hay, jasmine tea, or, well, this doesn't sound nice, putrefied fish. Yeah, it kind of depends on what they've eaten, I guess. Yeah, sure. I, I don't know. Do all otters do this, or...? Uh, yeah, all otters do this. Uh, Sprint composition is unique to each otter, and the creatures can identify each other just by the smell of each other's poop. Nice. Scientists suspect that otters may even be able to, to determine the sex, age, and reproductive status of the sprint dropper just from a quick whiff. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Hmm. Buddy's been by here. <laughs> oh, man, I think he's been watching too much television. <laughs> So the otters, they give a new meaning to the term party pooper. <laughs> you knew you had to get that in there. I had to. You knew you had to do it. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I love an animal with a poopy dance. That's that's great. I mean, besides a toddler, right? Yes. Besides a human toddler. So <laughs> That's why we had to class it up with David Attenborough at the beginning, because it's all about farts and poops today. <laughs> Hope you don't mind, Andrea. Thanks, Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, on intelligence rating on a scale of one to ten, what do you think? Um, they're tool users, so I'd stick them at around six. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought too. Maybe seven. So, maybe seven, but I don't know if they're the greatest problem solvers in the world as far as anything else other than using tools to get their food. Right, because so. they'll float on their backs when they have like a muscle or a clam, and then they'll use like a rock or a stick to to get inside that mm-hmm. yummy little muscle and eat it. They'll float on their backs while they do it, which is really cute. Yes, and they hold hands when they float around, which is really funny. And they do that so that they kind of keep track of each yep. other. They can also be trained. And, uh, I think in like Indonesia, fishermen over there can train otters to chase the fish into the nets. Oh, I'm not surprised. I know at Monterey Bay Aquarium, I've seen some training sessions with their resident little rescue otters. They train them so that they can treat them, you know. They have to train all their animals to the extent that they can so that they can get the vet in there to give them their medicines and look at their little bodies and see if they're okay and stuff like that. And so I know they can be trained. Yep. So, yeah, I'd say six, maybe seven. I might edge it up towards seven. I don't know. But they're they're pretty smart little critters. I had a six, but you could probably convince me, too, that they're about a seven. Do you have them where you live? I do not think we have otters in Colorado. I do not think so. We have them down here in Florida. We have little uh, river otters. And uh, if you live near a freshwater pond that has fish in it, you can count on maybe once or twice a year having an otter in your pond. Wow. Eating all your fish and then leaving. I'm looking at the North 
North American river otter, and I'm not seeing their range touching Colorado really at all. So they're all over Canada, all over the south, and all over the east coast, and looks like in the northwest, uh, Pacific Northwest, a little bit of California. Not Colorado. I don't think so. They're neat little, cute little animals, and they are graceful swimmers, and they're fun to watch, but they are mean. And they will come up on land, and they will chase you, and they will chase your dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's no requirement for them to be nice to no, us. No, I guess not. In fact, it's probably better if they aren't. Yeah. <laughs> animals that trust humans seem to get sort of betrayed quite often, so they're just easier to hunt when they trust us, right? So... They are really cute, though. Look at this little picture on Wikipedia of the raft of otters. There's a whole bunch of them. Just a bunch of little otter heads sticking out of the water. Oh, man. That's cute. (laughs) So cute. I have to grab that and put that in the show notes. That's so cute. (laughs) They are freaking adorable, though. They're so cute. (laughs) All right, well, we are going to get into pop culture, otters and pop culture, and we're going to do that right after this message. Trivia Geeks, the Unpredictable Game Show podcast is back with a brand new season. They've got a new host, new games, and a new day and time. But that's not all. Now you can download their companion app, TrivNow, and play along in real time. Watch Carrie on YouTube as she tries to convince her partner that his dark night hasn't risen in years. Listen on Diamond Club and Alpha Geek Radio, Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Twitter and get all the latest updates and showtimes. And now for something completely different. Hey, we're a couple of nerds just like you, and we don't see animals up close and in person very often, so let's talk a little bit about where we see them most of the time on movies, TV, and video games. I'm going to start with a show. It's hard, It was hard to find otter and otters in pop culture. Yeah, it kind of was, but I just remembered mine, so... Okay. I didn't have to look very far. <laughs> <laughs> PB&J Otter was a an American animated series created by Jim Jenkins, who did this cartoon, Doug, if you remember the cartoon, Doug. Uh, it was on the Disney Channel. My kids loved it. I loved hmm. it. It was delightful. I think it was past my time. Oh, I'm seeing first episode date 1997, so I would have been 26 at that time. Sure. And I don't have kids, so... I missed it entirely. If you are in your maybe early 20s or you're in your 40s and you had kids back then, you totally remember this show. Yeah. Well, they're awfully cute little cartoons. Oh, it's a wonderful little cartoon. It's uh, three otter siblings. They're named Peanut Butter and Jelly. And they live with their parents on Lake Hoo-Ha, where everybody lives on a houseboat. <laughs> it's wonderful. Each show that has a little problem that the otters have to solve, and when they get ready to solve their problems and they don't know what to do, they do the noodle dance. Do you want to hear the noodle dance? I do want to hear the noodle dance. Here we go. This is going to bring back some memories for some people. <laughs> Use your noodle, use your mind. Noodle, use your noodle. Noodle, do the noodle dance. I got it! What? What have you got? 
So they would all do the noodle dance, and then they would all take a dump. That's no. nice. <laughs> you gotta use your noodle, and then, you know. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. they and then they would, like, have to use their imagination or find uh, an alternative way to solve whatever problem they were having. The only thing that bugged me, well, I guess it didn't really bug me. It was cute. And I guess I see why they did it. But every otter was a different color on that show. There were, like, purple otters and red otters and yellow otters and standard yeah. brown otters and... I guess that was to differentiate so you know which otter was which. Well, cartoons don't have to look, you know. The cartoon universe is great because everything can look weird and be totally different. They don't have big, huge, giant, bulbous noses and they don't stand on two feet to walk around either. No. But But come on, there's no purple otters. It doesn't matter. They're purple otters on the cartoon. (laughs) In the cartoon universe, they can be plaid if they want to. <laughs> All the otters in your pop culture reference were normal brown color. They are, because they're Muppets. And um, so basically, my, my reference is Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. This is a story, which was a children's book story by a man called Russell Hoban. And it had pictures by his wife, Lillian Hoban. And this was... A book that was published in 1969 by Parents Magazine Press. So Jim Henson produced a one-hour television adaptation of the story um, in 1977 for HBO and the CBC in Canada. The special premiered on HBO in December of 1978. And then later it aired on ABC in about 1980. And that's about when I remember it from. And it features several original songs written by Paul Williams. And um, it was a pretty amazing thing for puppetry. Um, They usually had a platformed set for Kermit and the Muppets and all the the rest of the things on everything they'd done. This was the first sort of open set where they they came into the set. You know what I mean? Like the characters are standing on their feet. And, uh, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So this was kind of the first time they ever did that. Um, and if you look at the outtakes, there's an outtake of a drum rolling out of a door. And you can see that there's people under the floor being Ma Otter and Emmett Otter. And the otters have their feet showing. And then there's a drum that rolls out of the door. And there's several outtakes of them trying to get it to roll the correct direction. And it's like a full-size human person will poke out of the door and and grab the (laughs) drum and bring it back. It's really cute. And they sit there and the outtakes are funny because Frank Oz is in there going, What in the world is that? (laughs) And they're just joking and... Every take that goes wrong, they make a joke. They're laying on the ground going, uh, acting like they're bums and stuff. Like, oh, <laughs> a little bit of change for spare change for my mom. You know, stuff yeah. like that. It's really funny. But the show itself is adorable. It has um, Kermit the Frog. If, you're, if you see the whole one, uh, Kermit the Frog does a little bit of the introduction and interacts a little bit. And, um, some of the Kermit parts may be missing from certain types because there's a long history of the, the show changing property and um, changing hands and, and some of the rights to Kermit weren't um, allowed for the people that bought it oh, eventually. So, but now it's owned by Disney and I think they have the rights to everything. So you should be able to see the whole special. And you can certainly see it on YouTube and I'll put a link in cool. there. Cool. Um, 
But yeah, so if your Emmett's Otter Jug Band did not have Kermit in it when you remember seeing it as a youngster, it probably does now. So you can go back and see it. I have a little clip of a song from it. Do you want to hear it? Yes. Okay. It, did he ever do anything that wasn't completely delightful? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Even like Labyrinth. Yeah, everything. Everything he ever touched was amazing. So, yeah, yeah. it's uh, including the old coffee commercials. Have you seen the coffee commercials with the Muppets? The black and oh, white yeah. ones? They're so yeah. awesome. I love those. I think Jim Henson just had a general respect for nature and wildlife that kind of came through in everything that he did because he never portrayed any animals as being one being greater than the other or being stupid because they were that kind of animal. I think um, I think Jim Henson was great. Well, this is a super fun little special. A lot of fun. It's a sort of a cartoony, um, muppety take on the story The Gift of the Magi um, by O. Henry. They have to sacrifice each other's livelihood for a talent contest, you know. So it's... It's wonderful. It's cute little otters that have a bluegrass band. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> I can't recommend it more. It's so fun. <laughs> Would you eat otters? No. How come? Uh, they're just not food. I don't know. I don't look at them and say, that's food. <laughs> and also, I I do not have the fortitude to eat any animal that I can watch a video of baby ones eating cereal. Oh, no. I think that might ruin me, too. Yep. I'm going to put the link to the to the, some videos of baby otters eating their little breakfast in the show notes, and I think you probably just won't be able to even contemplate it. It's like, oh. no. Can you eat I was going to say yes until you said that. Now I'm going to have to watch this video, and I'll probably change my mind like I did on the gorillas. <laughs> you can't do it. You can't do it. They're so cute. You can ah! buy otter... <laughs> <laughs> You can buy otter meat online. Ugh, yuck. There's an exotic meat thing, and it says it's dark red, fine-grained, and moist and tender. I hate that word, moist, like everybody else. (laughs) And when properly prepared, it is similar in flavor to roast pork. Well, just eat pork, then. I mean, half of the otters in the world are endangered anyway, so... Yeah. I mean, I guess river otters aren't, but... No, there's tons of river otters. Yeah, yeah. If you want to buy a pound of otter stew meat online, it's $40. So, yeah, pork is cheaper anyway. <laughs> and we're supposed to eat pork. I don't think we're supposed to eat otters. The one thing it said in the little the little blurb online at the exotic meat market was that it was a valuable food source to Native Americans, which, according to my research, not quite. Not really, huh? Well, they don't seem like a, they don't seem like an animal that's a food animal. I mean, they're a predator, first of all. So... 
Yeah, we just don't need a lot of predators, if you think about it. Right. Like, we, ancient man didn't ever look at um, a lion and go, you know, we should domesticate those for meat. <laughs> <laughs> no, we want dumb ones that don't have claws. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into our animal fact of the week. Donna, is your brain a repository of useless information just like mine is? Yes. Well, let's help our listeners win that next trivia night or just sound smarter than the rest of the room with the animal fact of the week. And my little fact this week is that otters are actually revered among Zoroastrians and Native Americans. Nice. They're treated as gods. Uh, Zoroastrians, that's an ancient monotheistic religion. They considered otters to be the dogs of the river or the sea, and they had strict rules forbidding the killing of otters. Hmm. Because they saw otters eating cereal and they said, yeah, we need some rules in the book about this. <laughs> no, they thought that otters kept the water purified by eating dead things, which I don't know. I don't think otters eat dead things. No, I don't think they do. But they might. I don't know. I don't think they do. I think they, maybe they do. I mean, a lot of animals will scavenge given the opportunity. But I don't know if they do or not. So they view the otter as a clean animal belonging to Ahura Mazda, which mm. is God's name. If you're a Zoroastrian, that's God's name. Right. And uh, you're forbidden to kill an otter if yes. you're a Zoroastrian. And even if they would go walking around in the in the forest and they found a dead otter, they would hold a ceremony for the dead otter. Oh, nice. And as far as Native Americans go, so Native American tradition says that each person is connected with nine different animals that will accompany him or her throughout life, which are like guides or totems. And the otter is one of them. So this is like Pacific Northwest Native Americans? Native Americans everywhere. Hmm. In uh, the West Coast tribes like the Pacific Northwest, the otter is a symbol of loyalty and honesty. Mm -hmm. In British Columbia and Alaska, otters are associated with ghosts and drowning and bad things and hmm. so either way the people kind of regarded it with sort of a mixture of awe and dread and wonder and so yeah you couldn't eat or kill otters if you were a native american again they saw baby otters eating cereal and that was that <laughs> <laughs> well imagine their dismay when the europeans started coming over and just killing otters for meat and skin and fur and all that other stuff yeah i imagine it created some tension uh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yep, I can imagine that. I can imagine that. Yep. Europeans' attitude towards animals is sort of one that took a while to change. <laughs> yeah. Know, it was pretty weird for a while. There's but... a little There's a little furry moving thing. Kill it. Yep. <laughs> Make a hat out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think much has changed in that regard. I think mostly we we have changed. I think I think uh, I mean it's just you don't live in the South. Well, no, no, that's true. <laughs> but in, but in most of Europe, the attitude is not that way anymore. So, what was your animal fact for this week? It is otters juggle rocks for fun, and you can see lots of videos of this. They will just juggle like they'll get one to three rocks and juggle them, and sometimes they can do it with their eyes closed. <laughs> juggle them like underwater or no, juggle them in the just, air? They just lay them there. They lay on their bellies and they pass them from hand to hand. And or, I mean, they lay on their backs and they have them uh, and they just flip them around. Bring, 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 bring. Just. Oh, that sounds amazing. It's really cute. And they play with rocks um, 
on their bellies and stuff too, you can see that, but they like to turn over on their backs and throw them around in the air and stuff, and that's, that's really interesting. I think they probably um, got the habit from, uh, because they use rocks to open food and stuff like that, but there's no reason to just juggle the rocks, except for fun. They just, they're just playing, just playing around, just having a good time. <laughs> That's so neat. Okay, yeah, I, I don't think I could eat an otter. I think I'm, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm pretty well set. We should put a little video of an otter juggling rocks uh, in the show notes. We will. I'll probably nice. put a couple of different ones. Awesome. And we need one of them holding hands. Oh yeah, Thank definitely. You. And definitely, I'm going to put one in the uh, featured image. I'm going to put a picture of a mommy otter showing you her baby. Oh, <laughs> that'll be nice. Yes. Do you have anything else for otters this week? Nope. Thanks, Andrea. That was a real fun topic. Yeah. Thank you so much, Andrea. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. The Varmints Podcast is produced by me, Paul Chomo. And me, Donna Hume. You can find me at at tiny underscore rage and at dystopia tiny rage dot my portfolio dot com with technical support by matthew chomo and music by kevin mcleod so go to blazing caribou studios dot com slash varmints for links to the audio and our show notes for today's episode we're on twitter at varmints podcast all one word varmintspodcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, suggestions and we love it if you take a time to leave us a nice review on Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you download your podcasts. Thanks again for listening and until next time, be nice to animals. You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios any one of you lily-livered, bow-legged varmints care to slap leather with me? In case any of you get any ideas, you better know who you're dealing with. I'm the hootinest, tootinest, shootinest, bobtail wildcat in the West. I'm the fastest gun north, south, east, and west of the Pecos. I'm the 